This is the first official full-length episode of the podcast, so I'm very excited to have you listening today. Um, For those of you that didn't listen to the full introduction that I did before, once again, my name is Anaga Komarigiri. I'm a graduate student studying international relations and just a general film and television enthusiast. Um, And each episode of Rewatch and Learn involves a conversation between myself and guests about the film and TV that we're consuming in 2020, what it means to us personally, and what it means to the world at large. Um, So for today's podcast, I actually invited my friend Grace on to talk about the upcoming 2020 Primetime Emmy Awards. Uh, The Emmys will be this Sunday, September 20th, 2020 at 7 p.m. Central Time. So be sure to check those out after you listen to the podcast. And we essentially discuss some of the major categories like outstanding comedy series and drama series, break down who we think will win, should win, and also talk about just this year's Emmys in general. They'll be going virtual, which means that it'll definitely be a different show than what we're used to seeing in terms of staged ceremonies. And we end with a conversation about the Oscars' recent announcement of diversity and inclusion standards for Best Picture starting in 2024, and what that kind of means for the world of award shows, you know, the Oscars and Emmys, and production at large. So be sure to check out the full episode and let us know what you think. Uh, More information and our website will be linked in the episode description. So yeah, thanks for listening and stick around for a conversation about the 2020 Emmy Awards. Okay, I'm here with a special guest today to talk about the 2020 Emmys. And we're very excited because this is kind of what we do. Our whole thing is just like, just like EGOT, not even EGOT, mostly just like Emmys and Oscars predictions. But I'm very excited to have with me Miss Grace Orris. Introduce yourself. (laughs) Thank you for the introduction. I am honored to be talking about award season with you once again and to be a guest on your podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm Grace. I'm a senior at Berkeley, and I watch way too much television, so I'm ready to talk about the Emmys with you. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so I just wanted to start with a little icebreaker, and by icebreaker, I mean we've already been talking, but something to kick off the conversation. Grace, what's the best thing that you've seen on TV this year? Uh, Well, this year, (laughs) um, I think what I'll say is I just rewatched the last season of Schitt's Creek, um, which I thought was a perfect ending to a television show, something that I think is fairly uncommon for a show to end on its own terms and tie everything up so beautifully. and I really thought that was just extraordinary. So I will give that the nod uh, for the best thing I saw on television this year. Okay, so I also, I've seen seasons one through five of Schitt's Creek, and we'll be talking about Schitt's Creek more um, in the rest of our little breakdown of these categories here. But um, my favorite things I've seen on TV, one just barely met the, the sort of, timeline requirement for the 2020 Emmys and the other was just released sort of at the tail end of um, Emmys qualifying season so Rami um, Hulu's streaming comedy Rami um, is by far one of my favorite shows on TV right now Um, and that's also something that we'll be talking about a little bit during the rest of our conversation Um, And the other is I May Destroy You, HBO's I May Destroy You, which has been very talked about, written about, tweeted about, 
all summer. But um, of course, that is qualifying for next year's Emmys and not this year's, even though it's very much a topic of conversation in the TV world. Um, but I just wanted to bring up the Emmys and, and sort of kick off this podcast in general with a conversation about TV's biggest award show, because I think um, in 2020 specifically, in this like just hub of chaos that we've been living in, um, TV has sort of been our one shared sense of culture, our one monoculture, even if we're not completely watching this, the same shows. I mean, we all had like, we all had Tiger King at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of summer. Um, we've all been watching the same, more or less, like sometimes YouTube videos. Um, Quibi kind of became like a meme. Like <laughs> and Quibi. There, are, there are Quibi shows that are nominated. So <laughs> I mean, I, I think TV has sort of given us a, like a monoculture that we've been lacking in every other sense. I would also say that more so even than just TV in general kind of becoming the culture during quarantine, like streaming platforms have monopolized everyone's eyes and ears now for like six months um so we're really like i find it very weird that we're living in this uncanny time where the only new releases um are released on streaming platforms like everyone is pulled up in their houses watching netflix like re-watching the office which i think is a bit of a a shift in um media culture and how we view things uh we're talking about tv but like people are very worried rightfully so about movie theaters right now um because it's like during this time, from what I understand, everybody has relied on streaming platforms to get them through um, and to provide what they watch. And I'm not sure if that's going to completely go away when, you know, things get back to normal. <laughs> you know, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm doing, I did air quotes for back to normal because I think that's this is literally our new normal now, you know, and we didn't necessarily think so four months ago, but it definitely feels like this is the lifestyle that we've settled into and we will be in for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, personally, I'm really looking forward to watching Quibi win the Emmy for Best Drama Series in two years. Like, honestly, that would be the least shocking thing to happen ever at this point to me. <laughs> like, that happened, I'd be like, is, okay. <laughs> this has literally been, this has been Netflix's year. And I mean, and I don't even want to say it's been, like, it's not even Disney's year. It's it's not even, um, like, studios that were typically um, planning on releasing films. I, not to necessarily head towards the film realm too much from this TV conversation, but... Netflix has been one of the only companies that has been truly thriving in these times. Even Disney, which was recently forced to kind of um, send Mulan to streaming, to full-time streaming rather than any sort of theatrical release, um, Disney's kind of taken a hit too. So uh, Disney, also a streaming platform that we'll be getting to later on in this conversation, surprisingly. Um, but maybe we can start talking about some of these categories that we're anticipating the most. We're not necessarily going to go through every single major category or smaller technical category at the Emmys, but we are going to be talking about um, our favorites, what we think are some of the most interesting races here, um, and just, yeah, going through them. So let's talk um, comedy series first. I think this is where both of us have seen most of, or at least some of, the major nominees. Um, so the, nomin the nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series this year are Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, from HBO, Netflix's Dead to Me, HBO's Insecure, Pop TV's Schitt's Creek, uh, NBC's The Good Place, Netflix's The Kaminsky Method, <laughs> and um, a couple more, Prime Video, 
Prime Video, Amazon Prime, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and FX's What We Do in the Shadows. So, those are the comedy series nominees. A really interesting lineup. Overall, I think it's really good. Yeah, I think this is a stacked lineup, but I, I definitely see the race kind of coming down to, I would say, Schitt's Creek versus Maisel. Like, Maisel is kind of, I would say, the establishment favorite. Um, like, it's won several Emmys before. The voting body seems to really like it. It gets nominated across categories every year. Um, and Schitt's Creek is definitely the underdog story of, you know, both last year's award season and this year's, because um, it has kind of, like, risen in popularity throughout all of its six seasons. It's on Pop TV, which is, like, a nothing network. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of, it's, like, the unlikely favorite, but for that reason, I feel like it has a really good chance. So I, like, because it's just, like, gained a lot of love, and it's there, up there for its last season, so there's the mentality of, you know, you'll never get the chance to award this show again. So I'm personally hoping that Shit's Creek wins. Um, I don't want to see Maisel win, but, you know. <laughs> I absolutely don't want to see Maisel win. And I say this as someone who hasn't seen the entirety of the show. <laughs> okay, all. so you have, you have, you're on good authority. To... <laughs> I, I'm fully qualified to say that the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel should not win. Um, no, I've, I've only seen a couple of episodes, and I think Maisel is a really strong favorite in a lot of the acting categories. Um, but I do think that Schitt's Creek, uh, from what I've seen of it, again, not seeing the final season for which it's nominated this year, um, I, I think it's a fantastic show. I think it's subversive. I think it's, um, I think it's just really original, and I enjoy it. I loved it. Um, I also have heard that um, what we do in the shadows is fantastic, and this was kind of like the surprise nominee, I would say, of the bunch. Um, the rest were relatively expected. Um, if I see any spoilers, any potential spoilers from this group outside of Maisel, I kind of see it in The Good Place, which is yes. also a network show that... Um, released its final season this year and I think went out really strong I think went out um, first of all the entire premise of that show was really clever and really original a comedy series a mainstream comedy series with a mainstream cast about like you know ethics and philosophy and like existence is kind of crazy um, but I think that The Good Place is also great it's not my favorite of these, especially in its last season. Um, deserved nominee, but I think that Shit's Creek should take it. So, I yeah. agree. <laughs> I The Kaminsky method being on here is, <laughs> like, I just, I find it really enigmatic because I've never spoken to someone who has seen it. Um, who is watching The Kaminsky <laughs> Method? It's so Show funny yourself. to me because, <laughs> like, last year, I remember we talked about the Emmys last year, which were honestly such a, that was such a blessed Emmy season because we, it was like the month of Bill Hader in September, and like, that was amazing, but I remember last year being like, how is the Kaminsky method on here? Like, who's watching this? And then a year later, like, there it is again. I just don't under, like, I do understand it, but it's just funny to me. Yeah. Um, before we get into drama series, I think that's important to note. Both of um, both of the comedy acting races, like lead actor and actress races, and the comedy and drama um, series overall, uh, their previous, like last year's winners are not eligible for different reasons for this year. So obviously Barry didn't release a, seri a, a season for this Emmys, um, for this this year's Emmys, um, and Fleabag, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who won last year, that show ended, she is not eligible for the lead actress series, for the lead actress category, and the show is not eligible for the series category. Um, and before we get into, into drama, um, Game of Thrones was the juggernaut of last year's Emmys, um, and 
for many years before that, you know, like that was the show that kind of had a streak of wins. Um, and that's also a category that's wide open. So what do you, let's go through the nominees first um, for Outstanding Drama Series. So the nominees for Outstanding Drama Series are Better Call Saul from AMC, BBC America's Killing Eve, Netflix's Ozark, Netflix's Stranger Things, HBO's Succession, Netflix's The Crown, Hulu's The Handmaid's Tale, and Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. And if you sensed a common theme there, which maybe wasn't as evident in the comedy series, this is really a stronghold for um, a lot of the major streaming networks. You know, like um, Netflix, of course, has multiple shows in the running. Hulu has Handmaid's Tale in there. And Disney Plus also has The Mandalorian, which was its flagship show, original show that it, you know, came out with when it released late last year, when the platform released late last year. So what is your favorite and what is your predicted winner for this category? Yeah, I mean, I find this category extremely interesting just because, I mean, we were just talking about, I would say, HBO, definitely last year and the years prior, kind of had a, a stranglehold on, I would say, always, almost always having the most nominations of the night. Um and getting a lot of wins because they had kind of like Game of Thrones, but HBO miniseries also do really well at the Emmys typically. They had Barry last year um, and the year before that. So I I find it interesting that HBO is only nominated, like HBO only has the one drama series nomination and Netflix has three, but I think this category might be a case, which I would say is also a good way to describe the kind of HBO versus Netflix race that's been going on at the Emmys for a few years now. I would say it's a case of like quality over quantity because I do think that Secession is going to win because uh, it won at the Globes and it has gained a lot of traction, I would say, in the time since. And everyone really loves it. So I, I th and you know, and it's not, it, it got a lot of acting nominations, which is also a good sign because it's like getting that many nominations across the board means that there's a lot of love for the show. So I think Secession is going to win, and HBO is honestly going to continue dominating the Emmys because they have Watchmen as well this year, which is the most nominated show of the night. So I think HBO really kind of has nothing to worry about in terms of wins, but Netflix really kind of destroyed the nominations. But like again, like Stranger Things is nominated here, but didn't get any acting nominations, which the other two years that Stranger Things has showed up at the Emmys, I think like Millie Bobby Brown and David Harbour got nominations. Um, so it's kind of like that show has gotten less nominations every year that it's been nominated. Um, and I think that the Mandalorian being here is maybe just the win for Disney+. Plus. Like, the win is getting nominated. I Like, the Mandalorian felt like kind of a random option. Just because the, like, people, it got watched a lot, but the critical response to it was, I would say, lukewarm. So I was a bit surprised it was on here, but I'm sure Disney Plus was celebrating the fact that it made it on the ballot. A hundred percent. I agree. I do think that this was kind of the Emmys throwing a bone to uh, Disney Plus and filling their last spot. Um, I don't necessarily think that The Mandalorian is super in the running um, in comparison to the rest of these shows. I would say the same the same thing that you said for Stranger Things, I think, also applies to Better Call Saul, which had a really critically lauded last season, um, not like final season, but this last season that aired um, for this, for 2020. Um, but Bob Odenkirk, who was maybe not a favorite to win the category, but almost a shoe-in to be nominated, just completely missed out on the actor's race. So I don't think that Better Call Saul is, I think this was a nomination and I think it kind of ends there. Also, is it Secession or is it Succession? Okay, I say Secession. I feel like people want to argue over it. Like you're probably right either way. I just say, I just say Secession. Okay, because um, this is a show that I have seen and I'm fully saying Succession, so it's, it's fine. <laughs> 
it's a learning <laughs> moment, a live learning moment. Um, yeah, so that's the major categories. Um, let's maybe get into the acting races for um, for Cosme Drama and then talk a bit about limited series. And then maybe we can touch on some of the extra little categories that we're watching out for after that. Um, so comedy actor, let's start out there. So the nominees for lead actor in a comedy series are Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, Ted Danson for The Good Place, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek, and Rami Youssef for Rami. Awesome. Um, I think that this, kind of like you said earlier, um, is a bit of an interesting category because Bill Hader won it for the past two years in a row. So there definitely seems to be kind of uh, an open space here for any one of these guys to seize the win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that this is, I think that this is also a very stacked category. Um with a lot of shows that I love. And as I mentioned before, Rami is probably my favorite show of the last two years, um, along with Fleabag, arguably. Um, but my in my heart of hearts says that like I, I would love Rami to win this category. But I think it's kind of a three-way race. Honestly, like, I think before I would have said that Eugene Levy had it in the bag. I think it's a career award. Um, Schitt's Creek had a great last season. But I also think that um, there's a, a whole crowd of people who say that, like, Ted Danson could win. Same, you know, he's an acting legend. He hasn't won in this, you know, in this category itself. Uh, actually, I should fact check. He never won in this category, right? Let me Cheers, did he win? <laughs> Oh, I should, um, okay, I take that back. Ted Danson won in 1993 and 1990. Why did I say that he said won? Okay, so, um, so I think that this is a three-way race, and I think that Rami is definitely in the running. I think he's very much in the running, um, especially considering he won the Golden Globe for the same category this year, and because... His, uh, I mean, Rami was nominated for this um, and, again, for directing uh, and for supporting actor in a comedy series for Mahershala. But uh, it didn't get a series nomination, which I think puts, it, puts him at a slight disadvantage in this category. At the same time, I think that Eugene Levy and Ted Danson, who are very much in the running for this award could potentially cancel each other out. And the same, here are two comedy legends. Um, unlike Michael Douglas, who is like also old and white, but is not necessarily <laughs> a, he's not necessarily a comedy legend like the other two, like not known for this genre specifically. I think that there's definitely a possibility of both of the actors getting a lot of love, but not necessarily having like this camp behind them to like push them over the line like I think Rami could yeah yeah I would definitely agree with you that the lack of a series nomination for Rami is pretty damning I think um if I'll, I if I could make a bold prediction semi-bold I would say that I think Ted Danson has a lot of potential to spoil just because if you think about Schitt's Creek I think that it has a good chance to win comedy series and that's a really big award obviously and in terms of the acting nominations i would say that both the show itself and the fan base really have kind of rallied around katherine o'hara's performance um and dan levy to a bit of a lesser extent because it's really like dan's show like he you know mm -hmm. he's very much kind of like the representative of the show and wrote the show um you know, most people have kind of, like, when you think about acting nominations for Schitt's Creek, like, Catherine O'Hara is kind of the person that you think about there. Um, like, I don't think Eugene Levy's character is the first character that you think of when you see Schitt's Creek. Maybe that's just me. But I, I don't think that that's the narrative that's being pushed about that show. Um, and so, especially because The Good Place is 
also up here for its final season and I don't think is likely to win the series award. There might be a bit of a pivot here to be like, Ted Danson is a comedy legend. Ted Danson has been nominated for this role in this show before um, in past years. So maybe this is where we tip our hats to the good places with this acting win. Just because I think most people will budget Schitt's Creek winning elsewhere outside of the lead actor category. And so I think Eugene Levy might get a little less love than people think. I could be wrong. But in terms of the race between the two old white guys, the old white guy I'm betting on is Ted Danson. That's um, a good way to put it. I, I again, in, in terms of my predictions, I would, I would second that. But like I said, in my heart of hearts, I would love to see Rami take this also because of what it means for the show. I don't think that the lack of series nomination is indicative of the quality of the show itself. I think it's mostly indicative of the fact that it is still really um, indie. It's definitely, it has less of an audience, definitely less of a mainstream audience in comparison to the rest of the comedy shows. Um, so I think that Rami winning would also mean really cool things for the rest of the show and the kind of audience it's able to garner over the course of its remaining seasons. Um, it has been renewed, so hopefully there is a next year for him where there isn't a next year for, you know, um, the other two potential winners winning. Um, so we'll see. That's comedy actor. Um Let's go over lead actress in a comedy series, outstanding lead actress. Yes. So in the lead actress in a comedy series category, we have Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Linda Cardellini for Dead to Me, Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek, Issa Rae for Insecure, and Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. I strongly believe that Catherine O'Hara should take this category. Her performance in Shit's Creek, <laughs> her performance in Shit's Creek is singular and heartwarming and bonkers and fully committed um, and just one of the best things uh, on television in the past decade. So she needs to win. And I think she probably will, because I think the Television Academy has become wise to the fact that it's kind of time for her to win, and it's their last chance to give it to her. So I think they will give it to her. I second that. I think Catherine O'Hara should and will win. Fingers crossed. I, I love her performance. Whereas insane and just, like, perfect. Um, but I, I think like any of the others would be, I'm, I'm not mad per se. I think the only one that would be, you know, not, not a pleasant surprise would probably be Rachel Brosnahan here. Um, because Mrs. Maisel is, as you said, kind of the establishment, like, comedy show. Um, and also because she's a previous winner in this category, I think that, it wouldn't be as exciting to see her win again. Um, but rooting for Catherine O'Hara. Let's let's do a drama lead actor. So, um, okay. So the nominees for outstanding lead actor in a drama series are Jason Bateman for Ozark, Billy Porter for Pose, Brian Cox for Succession slash Secession, Jeremy Strong for the same, uh, Succession slash Secession. Uh, Steve Carell for The Morning Show, and Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. Ah, I completely forgot The Morning Show existed. I feel like everyone forgot The Morning Show existed. And were it not for, like, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt running into each other at awards shows, like, I would never remember. <laughs> I'm like, Steve Carell is a nominee and outstanding lead actor in a drama series. That is a thing that is happening. Um, my... Frankly, okay, so I love Billy Porter. I think that he's incredible. Um, there is a discourse about the fact that, you know, the one um, male actor, the one 
cis male actor in a show that features um, many members of the LGBTQ community, uh, is the only one being really recognized in its role, um, especially when there are other trans women who have been, black trans women especially, who have been campaigning for the Emmys. Um, it's just something to note. Um, Billy Porter winning is, I, I think he won last year. It's very possible that he can take this category again, and that would not be a bad thing if he won, you know, in comparison, like, versus, I don't know, Jason Bateman winning. Like, that's not a bad thing. I'm not rooting against, like, Billy Porter. But um, I actually think that um, this is going to go to one of the actors from the session. I haven't settled on who, because Brian Cox took um, this award at the Golden Globes this year, which is the only reference point we really have for this group of shows. But I think that it's really possible that Jeremy Strong takes this too. Kendall is like terrifying and fantastic and heartbreaking. Um, I think that, yeah, that's, that's sort of the deal. I haven't made up my mind on this particular category. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the controversy about poses, you know, singular nomination might actually hurt Billy Porter in this category just because people like might have that in their minds while they're voting and you never know what influences people's vote um so I would agree with you like Brian Cox or Jeremy Strong is gonna win I would just lean Brian Cox just because he won at the Globes but my Twitter timeline is just full of people obsessing over Jeremy Strong in hundred so could go either way I agree yes um not a lot to say <laughs> If Steve Carell wins for the morning show, we are in an alternate timeline. More, that would just more so be, than we already are. Like, okay, I honestly, like, if the Emmys just had, like, the most insane slate of winners this year, it would be so appropriate. Like, imagine if, like, Michael Douglas and, oh, like, God, like, no. Jen, like, Jason Bateman. Like, actually, Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman might win. I don't know. But just, like, you imagine. And I've heard, I don't watch Ozark. A lot of people do watch Ozark. This is not a Kaminsky message situation. People do watch Ozark. <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, Jason Bateman's great. He's, he's great. I just don't particularly, like, I'm not rooting for him necessarily. I have seen The Morning Show, and I think that Steve Carell, as much as I love and respect him, The Morning Show is not it. You guys, it is not it. Um... And it would be strange, to say the least, to see him take this category. So, um, that's that. Um, outstanding lead actress in a, in a drama series. Um, the nominees are Zendaya for Euphoria, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, Laura Linney for Ozark, Olivia Coleman for The Crown and Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show. What do you think? Okay, I have two things that I want to say. The first is I predicted Zendaya was going to get nominated for an Emmy this year, like last summer. And I literally put it in an article and made a joke about her getting nominated next year. So it's in writing that I was right about this. Also, <laughs> um, secondly, Sandra O. Oh, has never won an acting Emmy, even when she was on Grey's Anatomy, which just proves that there is no justice in this world slash award season because Sandra O oh needs to have an Emmy. She needs to have one. Um, so I'm just really hoping it's her year this year. But this is kind of a stacked category. You have like this big movie star name and Jennifer Aniston, which obviously tends to attract attention. And then Olivia Coleman is an Oscar winner. So, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win this category, but I'm pulling for Sandra O. Oh. It would be, I'm also pulling for Sandra O. Oh. I think it's interesting because I think a lot of us were predicting Sandra O oh last year when she was nominated in this category, but Jodie Comer took it. Um, not bad. Like, we like Jodie Comer in this house. But um, I think that it would be really cool for Sandra Oh to win. I think it would be absolutely insane and amazing if Zendaya wins, like, to see this, you know, young actress in a role that is so, that she is so perfect for, you know, that she is so perfect for. Um, 
and to see her represent a show that was really talked about, I think, in our generation especially, like a show that was made for, like, young millennials and Gen Z, I think, and a mature show at that is, you know, that would be really cool. That would be really cool. Um, yeah. An interesting race. I think Gold Derby currently has, um, let's see, currently has, I saw Laura Linney as a favored um, winner. Some have Jennifer Aniston. Um, but I do, it's important to note, Jennifer Aniston won this at the SAG Awards earlier this year, drama actress, and that was where the infamous Brad and Jen reunion came from. Like, they won back-to-back. It was insane. It was a moment. Um, feels like a generation ago, frankly, that that happened. <laughs> Honestly, but... it feels, it feels like that was the last good thing that happened. Was that. <laughs> Parasite, Par- Parasite winning, I, I confidently believe that Parasite winning Best Picture was the last good thing that happened in this. <laughs> that's, that's literally true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last good thing that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's the, those are the major categories. I think we kind of covered those, um, Six categories, big ones. Um, we're looking forward to them. So let's maybe get into limited series, which also is a major category that has some interesting things happening. Um, the nominees for limited series. Limited series. Okay. The nominees for limited series are Hulu's Little Fires Everywhere, Hulu's Mrs. America, Netflix's Unbelievable. Netflix's Unorthodox, and HBO's Watchmen. What do you think about this category? I think Watchmen will and should win. Watchmen is the most nominated show, period, at the Emmys this year. If Watchmen doesn't win, I will be really sad, honestly. I'll also be honest, like, watching Watchmen, I don't think I'm smart enough for it. Like, full disclosure, that show is, it's incredible. Like, I think that the things that it is dealing with and the way that it's presenting it, um, I mean, it's it's a comic book story at the end of the day. It's fascinating. But I think it is also, like, it's on some galaxy brain level, like, plotting. Because it is, I don't think I'm smart enough to fully follow it. Um, like, I think that. I was going to say, that's like the experience of every Damon Lindelof show, because, like, he also yes. did Lost. Like, watching one of his shows is literally, you're like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on, but I like it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I would describe the experience yeah. of watching Watchmen, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a really stacked category again. I think if there's one that I'd maybe switch out, it would be Little Fires Everywhere with, um, what came out? Euphoria, perhaps? No, Euphoria was a drama series. Um, I don't know. I don't think that Little Fires Everywhere is necessarily as up to par as some of these other ones. Watchmen should, please God, win this category. Um, yeah. Should we talk about the lead actress category in a limited series, which is a, frankly, much more interesting race than the series itself? So the lead actress in the limited series nominees are Kate Blanchett for Miss America, Shira Haas for Unorthodox, Regina King for Watchmen, Octavia Spencer for Self Made, and Carrie Washington for Little Fires Everywhere. Um, I think this is a bit of fisticuffs between Kate and Regina, uh, and I am very interested to see who wins, because in my mind this is a very close race. It is. It is 100% a close race. I think that whereas Watchmen is this, you know, show to be, it's it's Watchmen to lose on Emmy's night. I think that Kate Blanchett was sort of this, she's the figurehead of Mrs. America, which is also a good show. It's, it's a good show. It deserves to be in the limited series category, but I mean, she's the titular figure. She's sort of, it's a really strong performance. On on one hand, I 
think of it as Kate Blanchett just doing Kate Blanchett. Like, she was just good, and so obviously it's a good performance. I don't think it's necessarily as layered as Regina King's performance in Watchmen, and it's also maybe not as complicated, but that's not to say it's not layered at all. Like, it is a, it's a good performance. Great. I think that it's, it's a case of, like, two really esteemed, renowned actresses who are primarily known for film coming into the TV world and putting out really good work. So I'm rooting for Regina King, of course, but if Watchmen was not in here, of course I'd be rooting for Kate Blanchett. So who knows? <laughs> I do find um, it interesting that like in the past few years, we've had a bit of this shift um, where I would say like streamers produce like really like high production value like one-off miniseries and they just kind of like sweep at award season like we've seen that happen uh increasingly um in the past few years and i mean 10 years ago kate blanchett would have never in a million years thought of doing television i think so yeah. I, I find that a pretty interesting change that we've seen happen a hundred percent um yeah, and so now you have a year in which literally, like, like Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, and Kate Blanchett are all doing TV shows and being nominated. So um, let's touch on Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series and then move on to some of the extra categories that we want to bring up. Do you want to read the nominees? This is uh, just for yeah, balance. So uh, lead actor in a limited series or movie. The nominees are Jeremy Irons for Watchmen, Hugh Jackman for Bad Education, Paul Mescal for Normal People, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood, and Mark Ruffalo for I Know This Much Is True. Um, I'm going to say one quick thing. Um, I would say, as I mentioned before, if I had to switch out little fires everywhere with anything, it would have definitely been Normal People which was fantastic. It was critically lauded again. Um, yeah, interesting that Paul Mescal was sort of its one major nomination. But Normal People is great. Um, we've both seen Hollywood, and we talked about Hollywood extensively when it came out. I think that this is a really interesting category. Who are you rooting for, and who do you think will win? I honestly, I don't really know who I'm rooting for. I don't really have a horse in this race so much. Like, I enjoyed Jeremy Pope in Hollywood, but I didn't, I really didn't like that show. So yeah. I don't, like, necessarily need to see it win. Um, and I just haven't seen, like, I haven't seen Mark Ruffalo's, like, what he's nominated for. Um, I haven't seen Bad Education. So I'm just kind of, like, and I do feel like this is a bit of a, an, a random a random assortment of guys. Like, I don't know. Like, um, it is very so, random, and it's hard to compare these performances. Yes. So I'm really, um, like, your guess is as good as mine on this one. Yeah. Frankly, so let's say that. Like, it could go any way, and I wouldn't fully be surprised. Like, I would not necessarily be 100% surprised by any of these winners, except perhaps Mark Ruffalo, just because... Has anyone? I mean, of course they have, but like, I know this much is true has not necessarily been talked about as much of these as much as the others. Um, I love Hugh Jackman. I'd love to see him win. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that Jeremy Pope is the like lead actor consideration from that show because as much as I think that he was a major lead role, he wasn't the lead role by any mean by any means like i don't think that he had the main storyline he didn't i mean it's an ensemble cast so like i i mean there's just kind of like a few intersecting storylines and i wouldn't say that like anyone is kind of like the lead actor but but i mean they always do that there's always like a bit of category fraud and strategy um behind who they put where and clearly it worked yeah. out because he got no. I mean, again, he, he was good. Like, if, if somebody was going to get nominated for that show, like, I'm I'm good with that. I, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, the Jim Parsons nomination, you know. like No, that, 
Like, no thanks. Uh, this one is good. No, thank you. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. Good for Jeremy Pope. Um, your guesses are as as good as ours in this in this uh, scenario. Let's talk about some of our pet categories. Um, before we end off on guest actor in a comedy series, uh, let's talk about perhaps the most quote unquote political of the um, of the categories, which is like the variety sketch, variety talk. Um, without necessarily reading through the list of nominees, um, SNL is probably going to win variety sketch series. Like, it. I think that this last season. I also think the thing that gives it the edge for this last season was the fact that it was able to put out episodes from home and the fact that they were able to do sketches from home. I know that they were kind of a mixed bag, but I think that the remote sketch idea was relatively well done and also, frankly, gave us one of my favorite sketches of the year, which we'll talk about in Guest Actor. Um, yeah, SNL. Uh, look. I just, I said this last year, I don't really think the writing on SNL has been strong uh, as of late. I just don't. Uh, and the fact that it just kind of like easily coasts to the win year after year, you know, I just, I don't really love it. So, you know, there are only two other nominees. Like, I, if anything else, if one of the other two won, I would be happy because I almost just want SNL to get like a kick in the ass and be like, hello, like, <laughs> fix it <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan of this this last season i just really think that it's like every episode is such a mixed bag and you know even before they had to do them remotely so i just i don't really kind of like the dynastic nature of this category and i would like to see it end i don't think it will that's just mm -hmm. my two cents yeah seconded um variety talk which is an interesting one um quickly the nominees in this category are Full Frontal with Samantha B, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I think, once again, it's sort of taken over The Daily Show's spot as, like, the go-to political commentary late-night show of um, this modern era. It's not even really a late-night show, but Last Week Tonight is probably gonna win and that's okay like last week tonight is hilarious john oliver is great yeah i mean i do think by virtue of its format the writing on last week tonight is more is generally more complex and better just because they only do like you know they do one topic for 30 minutes and so it's really kind of like very focused sharp writing and i don't think the format of these other shows is necessarily as uh as strong um and John Oliver's a great host. I think that his episodes, um, several of the episodes that he made during quarantine were just really um, outstanding. So I am, I'm happy to see him win again. Like, I don't need to see Jimmy Kimmel Live win an Emmy. So I feel good about this category. Jimmy Kimmel Live winning would be the most disappointing win <laughs> out of any of, I mean, not out of the entire show, but like, Jimmy Kimmel Live, it's fine, um, but in comparison to these other shows, I think it's just, like, why? Why? <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, it's... Doing their thing. I just, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the least politically uh, oriented show on this list, um, and I also think probably the worst show on this list, so, you know, it's 2020, it's 2020, so that means it's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel is we should note Jimmy Kimmel is hosting the award show, um, which will be virtual. But before we talk about the show itself, last category, just because outstanding guest actor in a comedy series. Um, do you wanna read the nominees? Do you want me to read the nominees? <laughs> I will read the nominees. Okay. Uh guest actor in a comedy series, the nominees for Best Guest Actor in a Comedy Series are Fred Willard in Modern Family, Dev Patel in Modern Love, 
Brad Pitt as Dr. Fauci on SNL. <laughs> and of course, Adam Driver for hosting <laughs> SNL. Eddie Murphy for hosting SNL. And Luke Kirby on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It would not be a podcast with me on it if I didn't thirst over Adam Driver for at least two minutes. So Adam Driver should win this category. His his talents are virtuosic. He's the funniest man on earth. He should win. He should win. Um. <laughs> another reason why another reason why um, John Oliver should win <laughs> Variety Pop. I know. He literally has this like running gag where he just like thirsts over Adam Driver like to the nth degree like it is insane like everyone go look up these youtube compilations of this running gag and it's hilarious it's honestly like it's a little concerning because i have been sent like that john oliver (laughs) compilation like by other people maybe like 10 times being like this is you (laughs) (laughs) like every time he does it on an episode people are like oh grace like that's you i don't know if that's like the sole impression that I want to leave on other people. <laughs> it's an iconic impression. Um, I know. <laughs> I, I love this category. This is such a good category. I think, um, obviously, yeah, Dev Dave Chappelle is my, you know, I love him. I adore him. Um, was the best part of Modern Love, which was sort of like a short-lived, interesting little romantic comedy series on Amazon Prime. Um, he was fantastic, had a really lovely little one-off episode. Um, Adam Driver as a host was fantastic. Okay, before I talk about who I think is going to win, like, rest in peace, Fred Willard, of course. Um, it's possible that he could win posthumously. Um, before I talk about who I think will win, listen... Brad Pitt as Dr. Fauci was one of the most iconic things I have seen SNL do in the last, like, five years. Dr. Fauci was really like, listen, I want Brad Pitt to play me on SNL, and they really got him. Like, I love it. Honestly, like, it's so, okay, I think maybe my favorite thing about this year is this nomination and Brad Pitt in this category, because it's just so deranged. Like, nominating him for playing himself like the whole joke is that he looks nothing like dr fauci and he's like not really doing an impression and you're supposed to notice it's brad pitt like that's the joke and the television academy was like we liked that performance yeah Um, that's true brad pitt and like that in like that maybe three minute segment of him playing dr fauci like that's just like the most 2020 thing that like this nomination exists like that's insane um the emmys were like we want to, like, the TV Academy was literally, like, uh, just a reminder that, like, COVID is a thing. <laughs> Give Brad Pitt a nomination. No, the TV Academy was, like, we need to have both Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt in virtual oh attendance at this ceremony. So they were, like, make it happen. Find something he's been in on television. And that's what they That did. is so true. They literally, the Brad and Jen reunions, listen, keep them coming. If this is how we're getting through the year, keep them coming. I, um, I I think Eddie Murphy's gonna win. I do. Oh yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> like if we're getting real, like him coming back to SNL was like a, a huge moment. The episode was like universally lauded. Like uh, Eddie Murphy will win. Do would I like to see Adam Driver on a Zoom webcam accepting an <laughs> Emmy? Like yes, uh, yes I would like to see that. Uh, but <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'll get it. You know why? Why should I get anything I want? So you know it's fine. I'm fine. He's not gonna win, and I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's outstanding guest actor in a comedy series starring Luke Kirby. <laughs> we know. I don't know. <laughs> Luke Kirby has no rights. Michael, who is he? <laughs> Um, okay, so, actually, you know what, let's talk about Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series, um, Angela Bassett, a legend for a Black Movie Sketch Show, Maya Rudolph as Senator Kamala Harris on Saturday Night Live, Phoebe Waller-Bridge for hosting SNL, Maya Rudolph as the judge on The Good Place, 
Wanda Sykes in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Bette Midler in The Politician. The Politician. What a fascinating show. Um, <laughs> I So I think it's either Maya Rudolph for, as Kamala Harris just because of the zeitgeist um, for SNL, or Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who I think was just a fantastic host. What do you think? I agree with you. Um, I think those are strong predictions as we've already discussed the emmys love snl and i think the emmys love people doing impressions of real life figures um and like you said like it's popular people are talking about it people tweeted about her as kamala harris like she trended when kamala harris was (laughs) biden's vp pick so i think that that's like a good assumption that maya rudolph will win but like this is a lovely little category in my opinion yeah, like, I love it. Love this lineup. Yeah, I I adore this lineup. Like all people that I'm a huge fan of. So um, yeah, that's the that's the prediction. So okay, I just wanted to end off with a general discussion of the fact that this is going to be the first major virtual award ceremony of like the Emmys through you know Oscars, Tony's, Grammys lineup. Um, chances are those you know, spring award shows will also either be virtual or look very different um, from what they typically look like. So Jimmy Kimmel is hosting. That's what we know. We don't really know a lot about what the Emmys will look like. Like, we know that it's going to be virtual, but we don't know much else. And the award shows that have happened virtually have been, like, just sort of like the VMAs um, last month were sort of a combination of like pre-recorded clips and stage performances with masks and like fake audience noises. And obviously it kind of cheapens the experience, but I can't fully see the Emmys going that route. Like I'm just not sure what it's going to look like in general. I don't know. I think that like, they're gonna have him like jimmy kimmel like in the theater and then just show us the nominees like on a on a split screen um and i think i believe they asked all the nominees to pre-record an acceptance speech so like every nominee i think has to send in or has been asked to send in like their accepted speech so i think that if they win they can maybe play it or or something like that. I'm I'm not sure. They might also do like live speeches, but it's definitely gonna look. I mean, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be interesting. I think the Emmys will kind of provide the blueprint for the Globes and the Oscars in terms of what worked for their virtual ceremony and what didn't. And I think by the time we get to the end of award season, we'll be used to virtual ceremonies and they will run pretty smoothly. I think the problem for the rest of the award season after the Emmys is just gonna be what to nominate on the film side i think that is going to be a hot mess i mean and you know the emmys are actually in a pretty good spot like tv is is doing fine as we talked about in the middle of the pandemic there's lots of tv to nominate lots of tv to talk about the virtual ceremony has already happened with other award shows like it's something you have to figure out but like it's very it's doable and yeah i think the emmys are in pretty pretty good shape in comparison to the film to the film award shows that's that's gonna be that yeah agreed agreed um it'll be interesting i think at least if the emmys go well that the other you know the film the academy specifically will at least be reassured that there is a successful blueprint for having a virtual ceremony of course, movies are in a very different position than TV right now, so we'll have to wait and watch. Um, and lastly, diversity in TV is a big deal, perhaps not as commonly discussed in the context of Emmys as it is in the Oscars context. I mean, the Oscars so white hashtags and this conversation around, like, green book winning and like white saviorism in movies like it's something that is so pervasive in comparison to what we talk about in television and i think that's um something that's important to note uh the emmys have traditionally looking at the last few years um been a lot better about recognizing actors of color 
um, in comparison to the Oscars. At the same time, um, if we're talking about, like, the major shows that are winning, and who's to say that this year is going to be any different, um, they are shows with, you know, white leads. And um, chances are this year, frankly, won't be much different than that. But we don't really know. Um, so it's important to note, like, the Academy recently announced some minor, like, diversity and inclusion initiatives, which are essentially set to take place in, like, four years. Um, and it's just to ensure that one category, which is Best Picture, has all of these set very bare minimum standards of, hey, let's try and include, you know, more underrepresented groups in the creation process. So do you want to touch on that? Yeah, I mean, just briefly on the new Oscars standards, um, if you read the fine print on them, it is harder to fail them than it is to pass them. So there's like four standards and you have to pass two out of the four to be eligible. And like you can pass two of the four standards by ha like if the distributor for the film has an internship program that employs underrepresented individuals, which if like Warner Brothers is distributing your movie, you have that. One of them is like you have to have like, I think two marketing executives from like underrepresented groups, which also is very easy if you have a big company. And then you can pass standard B, the third one, which is about like the crew. You can pass that standard by having at least six people on your whole film crew who are not white. Like that's how you can pass that. So you can get three out of four so easily. So everyone's talking about standard A, which is about on-screen representation and actors of color and telling stories about underrepresented groups but you can that standard can 100% be an afterthought I mean all of the nominees from last year and the year prior like would still be eligible very easily under these new requirements so when everyone was complaining about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman in 1917 and like all these movies about white people like those would be those would easily like right so it's it's really what it is is virtue signaling in my opinion um but yeah i'm not sure if the emmys are going to follow with a set of initiatives um of their own just because like you said in terms of the field of nominees i would say the emmys are usually like pretty controversy free like they have usually the emmy nominees um in that like the slates of acting nominees um are relatively diverse it's just um the problem, typically, like you said, is these shows that end up being juggernauts and end up winning everything, like Game of Thrones or The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, are white shows. So, you know, the Emmys are not problem-free in that area, but they are, they have less problems than the Oscars. Right, right. I think that the Oscars, as much as it is virtue signaling, it says less about the films that are nominated um than it does about the films that are not able to make the bare minimum because at the end of the day they are these standards are the bare minimum there are films that have been nominated for best picture in the last five to ten years that would not qualify under these new guidelines and i think that that's um interesting to note it's not necessarily suddenly creating the space for it's not funding projects you know that's not what the academy is doing it is simply setting like it is virtue signaling it is simply setting these guidelines for you know companies to start potentially changing the hiring process the makeup of like the films that they're financing and whatnot that is um still something that's quite far out into the future to see how that actually takes effect um but yeah, in terms of the TV Academy, I think that diversity has been less of a topic of conversation among these nominees. Um, depending on what actually wins on Sunday, could we see think pieces about how the Emmys are so white? That is quite possible if, like, you know, the coming like, the literally, if the Kaminsky Method and Michael Douglas and <laughs> who knows just like if they all like sweep these categories it is quite possible that like we'll see you know that discourse but tentatively it's not as 
you know, it's not as prevalent as it could be. No, I mean, I think that, I mean, we just we just talked about what we think is going to win. I think there's a realistic, a super realistic possibility that Succession and Shit's Creek, like, sweep comedy and drama, right. or right. drama and comedy, respectively. And, like, right. like, as much as I like seeing those shows win, like, that's, like, you know, all, all white cast. Uh, right. So I, de- I definitely think that, you know, come the awards show, people will be like, <laughs> there's a lot of white winners. Um, yeah. Again, like there are there are several winners we talked about who I think you know realistically like could could prevent that from from happening, but yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think that brings us to the end of our conversation. It's been a really good one. Thank you for being on this inaugural episode of this podcast, Grace. Thank you again so much for having me. I love talking award season with you, and I am just very honored that you chose me to be your first guest of course and of course there will be more to come grace already knows that she's going to be my go-to guest for award season convo um (laughs) so you know when the 2021 golden globes and oscars inevitably roll around with who knows what's nominated um that will be a whole other honestly conversation (laughs) so yeah um thanks for listening Thanks for being on again, Grace. Stay tuned for the Emmys, and yeah. <laughs> Let us know if you figure out who's watching the Kaminsky Method. <laughs> yes, please. Again, if you are watching the Kaminsky Method, if you are a fan, tweet me. Contact information will be listed in the description. Um, <laughs> whatever you want to do, just let me know. <laughs>